opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone. This is ACB's Home Garden and Agriculture. We come to you monthly on the second Saturday of each month, and we're glad to see so many of you here with us this afternoon. My name is Marge, and uh, the co-facilitator here who started this program is Deborah. Deborah, how are you, and how is your garden? I'm doing great. It's been kind of a strange, technical, glitchy day today, but we, we got it going, and hopefully everybody will have a good time talking about their gardens and, and about um, what they're doing with animals. I'm really looking forward to hearing from people today. Um, before I talk about my garden, I want to hear what's going on in your garden, because I imagine there is a lot more going on where you live you're about a month ahead of me. Well, there's there's quite a bit. I will say we are having a cooler day today, much cooler than we've had in weeks. So it's, it's barely at, at 60 and it's too cold for me to get out there and do very much. <laughs> Plus it's very windy and we've had a lot of that in late March and early April and it's not supposed to be that way. I remember some saying about March going out like a lamb and uh, uh-uh not here um, in, in Savannah. And so um, the vegetables sometimes look a little bit battered out there, but uh, the cooler weather things that are still growing, the, the few of them that are, are very much enjoying um, these cooler temperatures and uh, my cucumber and tomato plants are shivering, but they'll be okay. Uh, it's just, they're not mm-hmm. happy. So what are so you eating Oh, eating. Oh, gosh. Um, A lot of cabbage, uh, finishing off that that crop. And so it's cabbage this and cabbage that. Uh, You just eat by by what you have. And, um, you know, so it's that the kale, every time you turn around, you have to pick it again. Um, Which I'm I'm glad I'm grateful for. I can freeze a lot of that. So um, that's that's quite nice. The carrots are finishing. The chard I wish would go on for forever, but uh, I know it won't, and it has to come out to make room for something else. Leeks, and are we you... have leeks this year. Ooh, leeks! The, yeah. the big ones or the little? Well, ones? they're getting big. Um, they're they're doing what they're supposed to do more successful this year than than I've had, and I don't do them every year, but. Uh, they're, they're um, looking great out there and eating a couple and we'll, we'll continue with those. So yeah, some successes, some not so much. I haven't but, grown leeks before. Are, do you grow those from seed or from sets? Yes, from, le- you- uh, from leek seeds. Uh, leeks, unlike mm-hmm. some of the other alliums, you do grow them uh, from seeds. And um, if you've got good seed, they, they germinate very readily. When you plant them, they're very long and thin and hard to keep hold of to get them planted. I, I find them a bit challenging to plant because they're so fragile and, and sort of long but small. And um, hmm. so other than the planting challenge, and then once they're in, as long as they get enough water, they just uh, fend for themselves for several months. Uh, they're they're a, a crop that takes quite a while, which is why we grow them in the winter here. I planted those um, I don't know, early November, and we're just eating them now. Oh, wow. So it's it's a little huh. slow with those. So it's ours is a good winter season for those. And are you making sauerkraut with the cabbage? Oh yes, we did that, and uh, about as much as as I want to make for now. But yes, that was that was one of the ways the cabbages um, got used. Oh, nice. Well, How about you? In, in What's up? Very similar, except I definitely have a much different growing environment than you do. Um, I have had a lot of wind here too. And it's been a good test of my green stalks. My green stalks are my tall container planters that I am experimenting with this year. 
and we we've had up to 60 mile an hour gusts mm. and I've been rather surprised that they haven't gotten blown over uh it it was uh 25 on Tuesday and 78 on Friday it might snow tomorrow it's been very odd here too uh, but my cold crops are holding up I have a number of different things that have been um, doing pretty well despite the odd weather conditions I have a lot of greens that are looking good my beets I have peas that are looking pretty good um, not anywhere near picking yet uh, but some of my greens I've been picking some of my herbs uh, I've been very much enjoying uh, stir frying some some greens with my eggs my my chicken eggs so that's been really fun it's it's, it's the nice time of the year the busy time of the year uh, I did discover a new herb this year it's not outside yet because it's just been too cold, but it's called tangerine sage. And I, I've grown pineapple sage for many years, but tangerine sage is just a delightful herb. Mm. It makes a delicious cup of tea. The the tea kind of tastes kind of like a tangerine. You can taste that fruity taste. But there's also um, a bit of that sage zing to it. It's a very unique flavor, and it's definitely going to be one of my favorites this year. I've, I've mm. enjoyed it quite a bit. I'll have to look for that one. Do you grow your, um, I know we need to get to all of our <laughs> listeners and, and callers questions, but do you grow your herbs in, um, in pots? I do both. I have some in the ground and I have some in pots. And um, it it's just kind of a hodgepodge around here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that year, sounds I'm like a to... wonderful herb, that sage. Yeah, it is. It, I highly, highly, I like pineapple sage a lot too, but I think I like this even more. I was at the nursery. We have a lovely big greenhouse nursery that's heated by um, hot springs in this city. And uh, I was there looking at the herbs and the lady who was helping me recommended the tangerine sage. And I think I need to go back and get more because I think it's going to get picked over quite a bit. Um, it, it, I'll, I'll need a fair bit of that. I liked it. It has a lovely fragrance too. Highly recommend it. Is it supposed to be perennial? Well, here it would be a tender perennial. Mm -hmm. So um, you could probably grow it year round where you live, but here it would, you either have to, you would have to bring it inside. Um, what I've done with pineapple sage before is I'll take a cutting and start a new plant in a pot inside and winter that over and then plant that outside. Sure, but, that, that makes sense because the pot yeah. will get all root bound and so you need to restart and, and that would be a good way yeah. to do it. Well, if this is like the pineapple sage, it can, can get pretty large and uh, I don't know what the blossoms will look like on the pineapple sage. It has kind of a fuzzy red, interesting blossom that the hummingbirds like. And pineapple sage can get like three feet tall. Mm -hmm. So it can get pretty big if it gets the right growing conditions. So I'm curious to see what this does. So well, do you, we should, we should to, find out what, yeah. uh, what, what everyone else would like to ask yeah. about or contribute. That would be great. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, before we do that, I just quickly want to give people a heads up for May and June. In May, uh, we are going to be talking about horses. Our guest will be talking to us about horses, which whether you have a horse or, or just like horses, 
um, join us because it should be a really interesting conversation. And uh, there are many ways to enjoy horses without owning one. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And uh, in June, we are going to have the horticultur horticulturalist come back. Susan is going to join us again. Some of you might remember when she talked to us a couple of times in the past. Um, she talked about herbs before, and then she did kind of an open line answering questions. I'm not sure what she will focus on this time yet, but um, she's very popular when she joins us. So uh, we'll look well, forward and, to that. And if you all out there have suggestions on what you'd like to hear from, um, hear about from an expert like Susan, um, we'd, we'd love to hear those because we can ask Susan to um, speak on a variety of topics. So lots of possibilities. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. And also if you know, anyone you think would be a great guest you can talk about plants or animals or if you yourself want to join us please let us know because we'd love to have you and um, I'm also we're also kind of looking at putting together a list serve and we're trying to think of a good name for the list serve so if you have ideas for that so we're just going to open up the lines I Yes, we do Mom, have two I... hands raised, All but right. would you like for me All to right. give the um, commands and stuff first? Or Yes, if you could, and <clears throat> you can take it away, Terry. Okay. So first of all, um, for those who are coming in, make sure that you get the got it button, because if you don't, you're not going to be able to be unmuted. So let's start with the PC to raise your hand. It is an Alt-Y. To mute and to unmute, it is an Alt-A, which is a toggle. On the uh, Mac, it, to raise your hand, it is Option-Y. To mute and unmute, it is Command-Shift-A. And on the app, like on your phones, to raise your hand, uh, you have to hit the More button, which is located at the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. You double tap that and you swipe down until you see the raise hand and you double tap on that. Um, to mute or to unmute, you go to the lower left-hand corner of your screen. And if you are on a regular telephone, to raise your hand, it is star nine. And to mute and to unmute, it is star six. So let's go to the first person who has her hand read. It is Sandra. You may unmute and speak. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Hi, Sandra. Hi, cool. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions. I'm, I'm coming at it from the sort of new perspective. So my first question is, what's an easy flower to grow indoors? Um, one that doesn't climb on stuff, but just grows upwards, preferably something with a scent anyway. Marge, do you want to take that one? Uh, no, I'm not good on flowers, <laughs> okay. especially inside ones. Don't do it. Okay, I uh, I would love to take that one. I have a couple of it. suggestions. So, uh, are you talking about flower with a bloom on it? Yeah, definitely. Okay, okay, because the first thing that comes to mind would be various herbs. They are so easy to grow in a pot, and they many of them do bloom. They definitely uh -huh. have. Of fragrance and you would be able to use the leaves and the flowers in various ways so um, do you have a Trader Joe's near where you live um probably not I'm I'm not in America um I could probably oh, okay. find like a okay. garden center or something yes yeah so you can go to a garden center and have them show you the different herbs. And one of the things that you might like to grow is something called a scented geranium. The scented oh, geranium nice. comes in various kind, different kinds of fragrances and at like lemon and, and there, there are different kinds. So that's one thing you might want to check out. Um, another thing you might want to check out 
would be um, what I was just talking about, the pineapple sage or the tangerine sage. They don't have a real big showy flower. Um, a lot of herbs don't have a big showy flower, um, but but it is an interesting little blossom and the leaves are definitely fragrant. Um, these different plants have different care instructions and definitely talk with the nursery people about, you know, does this plant like a lot of water or a little bit of water, you know, kind of give it a sense of that. Um, and also what you should use to fertilize the plant. Because when you, you are growing plants inside, they need sunlight and they need yeah. adequate water. And they, they also, you, you want to be on some kind of fertilization um, routine. And that is something the nursery person can help you identify the best conditions for, for the particular plant. Yeah, it'd be nice to find something that, that needs as little as possible from me, really. <laughs> yeah, well, then you're probably, then you're probably, you know, the other thing is something like a, a Christmas cactus, but they don't have a fragrance. No. But they do have a really cool blossom, and they don't require a whole heck of a, they're, they're, they can handle a lot of abuse. Um, but I, I'm thinking more towards the herb things, um, those scented geraniums. It's not a, like a big showy flower, but it is a nice flower. Another thing that's not a sweet fragrance that you can grow inside would be chives. They have um, like a big ball of a big cluster of flowers that, okay. that they develop on the top, but they smell kind of garlicky or onion yeah you know, it's not that. a sweet fragrance but well lavender you know, also I think you know oh, might be absolutely. An, an indoor option yeah yeah because that's such lavender. a great smell and it will flower eventually yeah yeah but I'm thinking isn't little... lavender quite climby and traily no no lavender uh -uh. is like a big bush it, it, it bushes okay. it grows like a bush but there are some that there are different kinds of lavender. There's some that get really big and some that stay smaller. There are lots of, there's a particular kind called super that um, you might check out. It has a fairly large blossom on it. So um, that that's a great idea. And the other thing you might like would be rosemary, but rosemary has kind of a small inconspicuous blossom but it does it smell is, nice though so oh, it really like, does. Yeah, yeah yeah it has a really and it 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 can get pretty big it can, can grow into a little a oh little yeah bush. yeah it can look like yeah. a little bush in, in the house I've seen them pruned as crisp like Christmas tree shapes really really neat looking wow. plants <laughs> yeah yeah I that actually, sounds like a sighted help job that that would <laughs> <laughs> well I actually purchased one that had been pruned like a Christmas tree uh, in November this year. And um, I slowly hardened it off. That means I took it outside and slowly got it used to being outside when the weather warmed up a bit. And it's now out in my um, flower bed and, and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it looks really nice. I could have kept it inside. I could have, but um, yeah, they're beautiful plants. And they do really well inside. And a lot of the mint, basil, yeah, a lot of the herbs would be really nice. Um, but the flowers that have an actual, maybe somebody out there listening has an idea of um, other flowers you might want to look at. Um, we have two more hands. Some thoughts. Thank you for calling, Sandra. Well, cool. Thanks. I'll go off and write this stuff down now. Okay. okay. All right. Next, we have Jewel. Jewel, you may unmute. Hi. Um, first, Hi, I want to say to Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, first, I want to say to Sandra, um, I would suggest a few that you could try. 
Begonias, pansies, and fuchsia are all really quite easy, and they grow well in England. I think that's where you are, so I'm I'm just assuming that's that's England or thereabouts. And yeah, um, that is where I am. Yeah. yeah, so those are all good for your area, and sweet pea as well. Um, and those, I think pansies are the ones that have the good the good smell. Um, I know begonias well, they, do. Yeah, it depends on on the kind, but those are really good okay. suggestions. Some of yeah. the tuberous begonias are have a fragrance, and that okay. is a really good. Yeah, I was the fibrous sure begonias would be a little harder. I, I mean, not harder. The fibrous begonias would be um, the smaller, non-fragrant. But Less some scented. of the yeah. tuberous do. Yeah, the, I, um, I was pretty sure I had pans- seen pansies that smelled good. There are some that do. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how well they do inside. Um, I haven't tried growing them, but it's worth a shot. But there are some that have like an, a, an apricot fragrance. They can have yeah. a really nice fragrance. I know uh, begonias are very are, easy to do inside. Yeah. Begonias. But, um, I have not tried to grow the tuberous begonias inside, but I know mm-hmm. the fibrous. Yeah. And the fuchsias aren't typically fragrant, but it is a really cool flower. It's an interesting uh-huh. texture. And they do really well in a pot, too. Yeah. But yeah, those are um, great ideas. And I second the lavender. Lavender is a lovely smell, and it's a relaxing smell, and it's just beautiful all around. So. And it's a lot of fun and very easy to grow. Um, and I don't know if they'll grow in your area, but daffodils are so easy to grow. Um, and, you know, those maybe not to grow inside, but like they grow in pots just fine. Um, so you could stick them out in the spring and, you know, out on a balcony or porch or whatever. Um, and then bring them in the, in the winter. Um, and, you know, they, if they are brought mm-hmm. in, in the winter, they, you know, that you can put them in a, place out of the way because they'll just be bulbs but you know my um hibernating for the winter um yeah so I, go ahead. oh i have some um daffodils blooming right now in my front yeah. yard that are they just about knock me over the fragrance they're it, really yeah. really nice we have but, daffodils here yeah. and um in fact um my housemate's mother's farm has an entire field of daffodils it's like whoa it can be some are not fragrant so you have to mm. ask for a fragrant variety but but the ones that are can really be nice and i had a tip um if you All read right. braille, yeah so if you read braille there are lots of uh, plant tags out there that can be brailled I have some that are um, acrylic and the Braille is not as strong on it, um, but it works. It does work. Um, I can read the Braille. Um, you can also get. Do you do various... it with. What's that? Oh, do you do it with a slate and stylus or a perfect yeah. Brailler? Uh, I don't think it would be a good idea to put those in a Braille writer. Um, uh, I use it to slate and stylus and just stick it under there pop the, you know, pop the, um, cells up and it's done. Um, and you know, yeah, I've got a whole bunch of them just waiting for us to plant so it can stick them on popsicle sticks and stick them next to where we put the, put the seeds and starters. Um, that's a great idea. Yeah. I've already, uh, labeled a couple of Do you mean, um, do you mean put the plant label in your machine? Not, not, not put a Dymo thing on a label or Right, so I put the the actual plant tag in my slate and stylus. I don't uh, think it would be good to put it in a brailler. It w- for one thing, yeah. well, it would not roll into the brailler, so I don't think it would work because um, they're they're hard labels. But either yeah, I you just um, meant use Dymo tape and stick it on there or something. The problem with that is Dymo tape with cold and rain will fall off. Ah, uh, yeah, it, it, it used to not <laughs> fall off. It used yeah. to be good. I've had it last for 10 more years on yeah, plants, but, on but not anymore. Yeah, I only use Dymo tape for like Christmas cards and stuff for sight of people. I, I use my own labels for tapes and CDs and things. I use 
ordinary stationary labels and just put them in the brain. Yeah. Um, but you can get plant tags that are either acrylic or um, copper and both will take braille and the copper will be easier to feel. Um, just make sure you don't get like a nickel or something because the harder metals, they will take the braille, but then they might be too sharp to touch. Um, you might oh, cut yourself yeah. on your braille. Yeah. So copper yeah, won't tip. do that. Yeah. So that's what I suggest. All right. Thank you, Joel. Great ideas. Thank you. Okay, now we have Carol. You may unmute. Hi, Carol. Thank you. Hi there. Um, yeah, I love hearing about from all with all of you all over the country. And here I sit up in Maine, and it's rainy and cold out right now. And we, I won't be even thinking about putting things out on my deck until the end of May. Um, I don't, and I'm not starting things or anything like that, but just um, bas hanging baskets, etc. And Sandra was asking about house plants, and I think the um, herb uh, suggestions are excellent. They're easy and if I did and of course depending on the light and the um, things the biggest suggestion I would make to you is go to the greenhouse um, the wherever the um, the place that you have locally and go with it I don't know what your site limitations are but go with a sighted person and tell them what you're looking for and they will be your best resource I'm not I would not suggest a big box store, but a local uh, place that you can develop a relationship with someone and you can perhaps call them up and say, it's not doing well, what did I do? Um, so just, um, yeah, that would be my biggest suggestion. And um, herbs are wonderful. They, they do well um, inside. Or if, if, I don't know if you have a little deck or a um, um, an outside railing on a, on a porch that you could put things out and those you could put outside when the weather is warmer um, and the sun is out, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I don't know if that's, I hope that's helpful, but uh, that would be my that strongest is. suggestion. Yeah, those are good tips. Yeah, definitely mm -hmm. those local nurseries, they, they mm -hmm. are, it, it, is a, it is a good idea to have that relationship so that when, something goes south, you know who to call. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And for plant care, et cetera. Um, yeah. But, and they may have another, another flowering plant for you um, that might, oh, yeah. might be able to, um, to do, to do that. And also I happen to be um, a lover of, of foliage plants and there are lots of them. They're really, really interesting and very, very easy to grow. So indoors well, other, and pots. I don't know why you inspired this, but uh, Sandra, another thing to think about are some of the orchids. Some are not mm -hmm. terribly difficult to grow. Uh, I know people think that orchids can be really scary and and complex, but some are pretty easy to grow and take care. Yeah, my my mom's got and, some actually. Um, ah, yeah, there you go. They, they don't. Um, I don't even know where they are in the room. Like, there's there's nothing. They're nothing not very interesting. Yeah. Well, some I'm not an orchid person. Mm -hmm. Well, some have a really nice fragrance, and some absolutely nothing. Uh, there's a huge variety of different orchids. And they don't tend to bloom constantly, but it is. But they do have interesting foliage too. I guess when you were talking about foliage, Carol, that marked that. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I, I, this I'll toss this back to Marge. Uh, aren't there some citrus that you would recommend? Probably not that would be, you know, a real modest size, you know, to, uh, to grow indoors, um, you know, for somebody who wants kind of the more typical, you know, houseplant size thing. Okay. Um, I just, yeah, I just had one quick question um, for Sandra. Mm -hmm. um, are, what is your light situation? Do you have sunlight or are you going to do a grow light or what do you doing for your light source um at the moment because i haven't done any gardening like ever apart from a bit at school at one point um i've done nothing um 
so there's sunlight at times you know and it moves around and I can I can judge where it is more or less <laughs> that's it really yeah you might want to get some help with that as to where is what's the what's the orientation as far as east west south you know that kind of thing and that would okay. give you a hint um that would be the the other suggestion I might make is so then you'd know or else decide where do you want this plant to be I want a plant there well then that's find out what the light situation is in that window um and you can put a plant anywhere you might have to get a grow light but you can put a plant anywhere um but you can't put any plant anywhere <laughs> if you get okay yeah i get what you so, mean yeah yeah Thanks. yeah so who uh, has her hand that's, raised yeah all right well thank you carol some great tips thank you jewel has her hand raised jewel you may unmute um yeah i just wanted to look, mention um i looked it up and you might look into the royal horticulture society um, the annual cost for membership to that is only a little over 50 pounds for the entire year. And then you get free gardening advice and, you know, you get a magazine and you get all sorts of cool stuff from them. Um, it's something to consider, RHS, Royal Horticulture Society. Thank you, Joel. All right. Um, I, do we have any hands raised right now? Not right now, no. Okay. I wanted to bring up a tip that I actually just discovered the last year, during this last year. I, um, when I garden, I like to have tactile indicators so I know where I planted stuff. And this year, I started, I saved a bunch of my sunflower stock. I had some very tall, nice, straight sunflower stalks. And I also saved some prunings from my elderberry, also long, straight uh, branches. And I'm using those at, to mark off. I, I, I have both container gardening and in the ground gardening. And I'm using those uh, Prunings to um, delineate where I planted stuff. Um, for example, I have a big squared off area that is bordered with uh, sunflower stalks. Um, that is where I planted a bunch of potatoes. So I know where those potatoes are. Um, and uh, I also was able to use those to mark other areas where I planted other cold crops in the ground. So it, it's a nice way to use my prunings and uh, I, it felt really good not to just toss those in the garbage. So are you marking so say the corners of a, of a square or the ends of a row kind of thing? Is that what you're doing? I'm actually using like, where I put the potatoes, I put a square around that whole area. I'm, I'm not planting in rows. I'm planting more in blocks. Sure. So I have an area um, where I have uh, five different blocks with five different crops right now. And I'm going to expand that when I can plant my warm crops, which won't be until mid-May. <laughs> but once I can plant more things, I'm, um, I'll have a lot. I still have plenty of branches I can use to mark the other areas. So it, it worked out really well. Yeah, sounds like, a, and sounds I, like it, a really good plan. Yeah, as I was seeding, it was really helpful, too, because I knew where to, you know, I had something to follow. I had a... a a guide I could feel to follow. So between the the little borders I use with the tactile, you know, with the branches and my soaker hose, I was able to figure out a pattern that that I could completely feel. I'm not sure how pretty it all looks, but it no. works really well for me. <laughs> yeah. 
So and I just took some landscaping staples and and um, kind of pinned them down with that, and that that really uh, it keeps them in place. And yeah, those working staples, out well so far. Those staples can can be very handy um, to hold down various kinds of of things. I've certainly used those. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So, are you using? I was just wondering if if we don't have a hand raised. Yes, we do. Jewel just raised her hand. Ah, Jewel, go ahead. Go ahead, unmute. I was just thinking a good topic might be the different types of pots, like felt versus um, felt versus plastic versus uh, clay versus concrete. Do y'all have any experience with those or? Um. I have experience with using plastic and um, I've used plastic and clay. And right now I'm using the green stock system, which is food grade plastic. And the, I, I don't really see a whole lot of difference. I've heard people say that clay is often better because it uh, allows moisture to ev evaporate if you've overwatered things like that. Um, plastic is better because it's lighter and easier to move around. Um, I, I think a, there's a, a lot of um, you know room for personal opinion on it. Sure. Uh, one of there are also the grow bags, which I've never used, and I'd be curious to know how people have experienced that. And I've read about using the straw bales. The grow bags, I hear you have to um, water quite a bit. So that would probably not be the best thing here where it gets real hot. How about you, Marge? Have you used I'm, I'm pretty pots? much a, a plastic person. Um, because of the ability to move them around and also because um, I, I um, am partnered with somebody who tends to be a, um, a scavenger and a lot of times um, people will toss out their plastic pots, just set them at the curb. And so I've rarely bought a pot um, for anything. Um, because they're just over time have been so many to just pick up of, of various sizes. And then if you acquire anything that comes in a bigger pot, such as me with my citrus tree addiction, then I have those pots and, and they um, last longer than you would think. And plus, if you have a independent sort of garden center in your community, they go through a lot of pots and they tend to save them and they will either give them to you or sell them to you very cheaply. And so they can have all the way up to 30 gallon pots if that's what you want um, down to much smaller things. And I found them to be a, a tremendous resource and have found that the plastic pots last a lot longer than you would think and for really often many years. And I will use them even after they start breaking a bit um, and until they really are getting bad. I don't, I'm not concerned about what they look like. I, I more want something that's gonna suit um, whatever, you know, plants it is that I'm, I'm putting in them. So definitely, um, I I um, go for plastic. Yeah, the clay pots do crack. I, I've yeah. had trouble with mm -hmm. that. And also, I kind of can be a klutz and I knock stuff over and break it. So that that's a little bit of a problem. And um, I did knock over my green stalks like three times until I finally figured out I you have to be very careful around those things. And you, fortunately, they are plastic. <laughs> they tell, tell us about this. I, I'm, um, I, I don't know the system um, that you're talking the about there. What do you, what's it like and what are you growing in it? So the green stocks are um, the ones, they come in different sizes. The ones I have have five tiers. It's 
stands, I think it's 50 inches tall. Uh, each tier is about 10 inches. And each tier has six pockets. So you filled each tier with one foot of, of um, potting soil or potting mix. And you stack them on top of each other. You end up with this tall um, layered container garden that has a total of 30 little pockets in a circular pattern, kind of staggered. Um, they, they aren't exactly on top of each other. It's built so that each pocket is, is kind of offset from the one oh. above it and the one below it. Okay. And, and it has a big reservoir that you water from the top and a system so that the water filters down through each layer and any excess goes out a tube on the bottom. And uh, they say you can grow just about anything in these. I don't think you could grow just, you probably could, but I don't know how well it would do. Uh, I'm thinking I, I might grow some container tomatoes, like some determinate bush type. Um, I'm, I have right now, I have cold crops. I have lettuce, broccoli, kale, things like that. I have some herbs, some of the hardy herbs. I have peas, uh, radishes, beets, things like that. I um, cannot emphasize enough the importance of not knocking them over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, hit, I hit one with my garbage can and I had like dominoes go down because mm. they're in a row. And it's a real pain to have to rebuild, especially, and it's very heartbreaking when you had a whole bunch of little seedlings coming up mm. and you just kill them all off. So it's been a bit of a, a learning experience for me, but um, I, I do recommend them, especially for somebody who has just a small yard or a patio. Yeah. Um, they're, they're really, really nice. It, you can grow a lot in one of these i've heard how people big, even grow potatoes in them okay so how how big is the structure overall you said five feet and how big is each pocket each pocket um i think it's about six inches i'd say about six inches it's kind of a circular shape and it's it's not like a defined pocket there's soil it can reach the plants can all reach into the same middle okay. in each layer, but uh, they can reach outward outward to the sun outside um, through the pocket. So it's um, it's like a great big strawberry pot. Is um, and and they are really good for growing strawberries. They're great for growing greens and herbs and um, flowers. And one of them, I have a trellis system on it. It's kind of this, it's like a halo on three layers. Three layers have this halo, um, this big round um, plastic halo. And I also have a, um, a the, it, one of the accessories I could get in addition to the trellis system was uh, like a big zipper bag that goes over the entire green stock that protects the greens from leaf hoppers and other uh, yeah. caterpillars, other insects like that. They also have something plastic that you can use to protect from frost. Mm -hmm. So you can make it almost like a, a mini greenhouse. So it's, it's a really nice system. But they are a lot of work to put together. It, it takes a fair amount of work to put them together. But it's, once it's done, it's done. You don't have to do it every year. 
I'm going to add manure and compost to them and um, just reuse the soil. So then during the winter, do you anticipate then kind of storing them in a, a garage or something, like bringing them inside? What I'm doing this winter is I'm going to bring them in my garage and I'm actually building, turning my garage. It's, it's a barn. Part of it is a barn for the chickens. Sure. And the other part I'm going to, uh, I have greenhouse panels already and I'm going to um, turn the front part of my garage into like a, a little, not a full greenhouse, but a big cold frame. Uh -huh. And um, I'm planning on growing greens in the green stocks this winter. Uh -huh. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. All experimental. <laughs> but going well so far. Sure. If I quit knocking them over. <laughs> right. And there are these different, different systems and different approaches. And um, it's good to, you know, experiment. Um, at, at times and see what works for each of us because we each have these different growing situations, um, space, uh, climate, so many uh, different situations. And it's good to learn about some options because I didn't, I didn't know about green stocks. So. Well, and it, it's also okay to fail. Oh, yeah. Um, and I have already this spring failed a few times. Oh, I've had, yeah, I've had a couple things myself. Yeah, we do. That's part yeah. of, that's part of growing stuff, you know, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't give up. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't work, just, just try a different Move way. Move and something else. Yep. That's what you do. Yep. And luckily, you know, we're pretty much not dependent on what we grow for our survival, which is a good thing. Um, yeah. You know, if if your um, plants don't work out um, and you can't grow some something you were anticipating to grow, you can usually um, obtain it some other way in terms of That's food. That's true. That is. So, um, Marge, tell me what what has been your favorite thing that you've grown this year do you have something that just stands out like i like a new variety of something or something oh unique that gosh. you just well let's see what's what's a standout i i i tend to end up thinking more of the things that uh this time around in the last couple of seasons that that didn't um, stand out so much but I guess I guess I would say what I've done with um, a trellis in in one of the raised beds we put a length of of just um, fencing along one side of it that kind of curled around the ends this, these are four by eight foot uh, raised beds and so in one of them sort of toward the edge of one of the eight foot sides, we put this kind of open link um, fencing piece that went down into the bed and is, is pretty stable. The bed is more than a foot deep. And so the first uh, crop on it um, was, was to do, um, let me see, what did we start with? Oh, cucumbers last season. And then um, during the summer, yard-long beans, because they're an um, Asian variety of bean that grow here during the heat. And they put out um, quite a bit. And then following that in the fall, I put um, green peas on that same length of fencing. And... Um, planted a little too densely, but they, until it went down to 24 degrees, they were producing um, very heavily. And then after that, 24 was a little too much and they kind of gave it up. But we had that, that run of those three different crops. So a lot hmm. came with that. And now I've put the, um, the, the fencing is in another bed and is going to start over again with the cucumbers. And I think I'll do that, that same round of the three 
different crops as the seasons um, move along. So I'm very happy figuring that out. You are trellising your cucumbers. Yes. Do, Do you have to train them to do that or are they naturally reaching out for the fence? On this fencing, the they're doing it pretty well. I've had trouble with trellising, say, on um, just kind of putting up a, a, a length of bamboo or um, some other material that's just kind of a pole and trying to get the cucumbers to go onto those. I've had less success with that. They seem to not want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and you try to um, you you maybe attach the the lower part of the plant to the upright, um, uh, you know, guiding stalk of whatever it is, bamboo or uh-huh. some other material, and they just don't want to attach. Mm-hmm. You know, they they want to go off and attach with each other, but they don't want to stay on this pole. So I've um, definitely better luck with the fencing. I'm trying a different variety of this year, but I'm anticipating with the cucumbers of having that success that um, because the um, the uh, rungs of the, the fencing as were are, are just squares, you know that that the, um, there's lots for them to attach to. Is that we do have fencing? one more hand raised. Um, okay. And, and it is five minutes to the hour. Great. Okay. So do you want Just to take that hand? Hi. Yes, hey, Carol. Sorry. Yes, hey, Carol. Hi. Hi there. Hey, Carol. Um, oh, I love hearing about what people's favorite plant is or what they're, they're having success with. And you've inspired me this year. I'm going to get do some vegetables in containers on my deck. Yay. All right. Flowers Good for and you. Stuff. Yeah. So I'll have to come back and ask, okay, what's the best thing to do this? Yeah, um, grows fast and all that kind of thing. Um, and for I won, I mean, we mentioned your favorites, and and I can't wait for this summer season because my very favorite is for a hanging plant was a black-eyed Susan vine, and oh. just love it. It just it's growing up over my roof. I swear oh, when when I have great. it growing, and I. I always laugh and say, one of these days, I'm going to stand in the front of the house and it's going to be waving at me. Yes. But, um, That's great, it's grown, but, oh, just grows oh. great. Yeah, just love it. So, yeah. Well, that is a great way to end today. That that thought of that black-eyed Susan, those beautiful blossoms winking at Carol from her rooftop. That's great. So, <laughs> yeah. thank you, everybody who joined us today. Next month we are going to be talking about horses and then in june we'll have the horticulturalist come on please uh, contact us at acbhome.garden.agriculture at gmail.com if you have any ideas uh, and we always appreciate our hosts thank you terry and our streamer belinda thank you very much for streaming for us Marge, any last thoughts? Well, I hope that that everybody will think about something to grow this spring, whether it's inside your house or um, outside in some way. Grow an herb. Um, It's just so easy to do and so helpful to have in your kitchen. Absolutely. And if it dies, it's okay. Get another one and try again. Because, yep, Mm -hmm. it happens to us too. And uh, animal-wise, I, I, my chickens are awesome. I can't say enough <laughs> about it. I haven't Yay, talked Marge into getting chickens yet, but I'm trying. <laughs> okay, everybody, we will see you next month. Thank you very much for the people who called in today, too.